Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday, and welcome to yet another episode of The Event Hustlers, where we talk to all kinds of people who are in and outside the events industry, talking about careers, businesses, trends. This is really, it's been such an interesting experience over the past, I think, seven episodes so far. We've talked to all kinds of people, and today I'm very excited to have a friend and colleague and partner on many things, Ramon Ray, here to join us today. Uh, Ramon and I have known each other for many years, and I'm very excited for all of our listeners to get to know you as well. So, Ramon, thank you so much for joining today. Hey, Liz, you are so welcome, and thank you indeed. I, I remember uh, when, our, when I first heard of Liz. I was like, the things she was doing, I'm like, this is so cool. And then I saw Liz on stage and I was just like, I just needed music. Uh, <laughs> we're working more and more. So I'm excited. Thank you for having me, Liz. And hello, everybody. Great to be here. So Ramon, um, why don't you take a few seconds and just tell people a little bit about your career, which I know is um, you've done many things. Sure. It would be great if you could walk people through not only what you're doing now, but kind of the path you've taken to get here. Absolutely. So as of today, uh, it's hard to say exactly what I do, uh, but I really my money comes, which is usually the easiest, working with large brands uh, who want to reach the community uh, that I have. That's the essence of it. If people understand that, especially many of those in your group who may do events and et cetera. So I have smarthustle.com. Uh, which is a community of small business owners learning how to start and build their businesses. And I work with large brands such as Salesforce, SAP, and many others to reach that community in some way. In addition to that, of course, we provide valuable content and, and people want to buy a ticket or, or, or buy into it in some way, invest into it, just like we do for many events. So that's the summary of what I do. Uh, my journey has been I'm an entrepreneur. I've started a few companies, uh, sold two, uh, uh, clearly not uh, hugely uh, big dollars because I have like original Van Gogh or something back there. Uh -huh. But that was a beautiful painting, by the way, by my friend Sue, Shades of Sue. But entrepreneur, started a few companies, sold two, author of a few books. Uh, celebrity CEO is uh, the latest one about uh, community building. Worked at the United Nations, Liz, for a few years, as you probably know, until I was fired. And as you know what I eat on Saturday morning, I love burnt pancakes, darker than me, has to be, and uh, five slices of bacon with high fructose corn syrup. So that's a little bit about me. Okay, so there are many things we have to talk about, but we have to start with the burnt pancakes. I've seen your pictures. They look really good. Sounds like you say it on like air like this where people can't see the picture, but looks pretty good to me. You just yeah. overcook them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, people people first think remote are you just saying that tongue in cheek, like, okay, right, you can't cook. No, no. I literally I can make them nice and IHOP-ish or whatever your favorite color of pancake is, <laughs> but I put a little more oil, burnt. Cause I like when that knife cut. See, Liz, you're getting me uh, <laughs> when that knife cuts into it, I want to hear it go. It's a crunch. Yes. I'm a big texture person when it comes to food, so I totally get it. I don't I prefer mine doughy, which is probably like the extreme exact opposite of yours. Like exactly. half. My sister makes them so they cook on one side and then you don't flip them. Which is okay. that's really extreme. Each to his own, right? Each to her own. <laughs> so have you been an entrepreneur your whole life? You're one of those people who started. What was your first? We had um, an interview a few weeks ago with Donville Collins from Bcast, and he talked about his first business being around 13 years old. And I told about the story about my little. Um, we had a little business, my sister and brother and I, selling soda in our lawn to people kayakers who were going by when we were like eight. Did you have those kind of things when you were a kid, or has this been something that was when you were older? Yeah, more older meaning young guy. You know, I'm you know almost fifty, a few years from fifty, but um, but yeah, not quite as a kid. I think my first entrepreneurial experience is probably stealing money 
for my roommate's drawer. Uh, I grew up in a in a kind of a community building, so I think I recall stealing a dollar or two for chicken wings. But first business really that I think I got money with was Family Computer Consulting Services. Ugly business card. This was in the. 90, Lizzie, I don't even know exactly when, but say whenever 286, 386 was important, you're still doing a lot of Ethernet wiring. Microsoft Access was big at the time, so those who are listening can help me frame what date that would be. But that was my first company. But I think even though it wasn't a business, I was always technically oriented, always in the hustle, just not necessarily at the business. But I think really as I graduated college and in college, that's kind of where I was like, you know what, let me, I have a talent. That, that's really what hit me that when somebody, you know, like a Liz or somebody else is like, Ramon, so how much would it cost for you to fix that computer, which is my first job? I'm like, to pull out this modem? I don't know cookies. I don't know. <laughs> and then someone's like, no, you need to invoice and charge hourly. So yeah. from computers to speaking and onwards. So that was kind of my first venture. So if you look at that first business that you had and then where you are now doing large events, you have a really large online audience you're doing speaking all over the world. What are some of the things you learned along the way that have gotten you to the kind of business that you're running today as compared to where you started from? Obviously, yeah. we all have that evolution. Sure, absolutely. I think one thing that's been consistent is, and I think the aspect of a little bit of humility, so what's, I'll talk about maybe what's been consistent and what's changed, if that makes sense, if I'm answering a question. Yeah. But I think I remember I, uh, I, I, I was, one of my clients was a United Nations security officer. Never call them security guards, they're security officers. They like that better. Good so enough. security officers, I was in his home, big barrel-chested guy, fixing his computer, his modem on his compact computer. Bottom line is, Liz, it started frying. So I guess, but even back then, I was like, sir, I am so sorry. Here's all your money back. I had to buy him, I think, a new computer at my loss. But that's how I roll. And we've gotten to know each other a bit. It's just, even at my loss or my hurt, it's my partnership, my person, my customer first. So I think that was one. What's changed, I think, is a lot is definitely, Liz, for me, as you know, I do this often, social media. I mean, I remember having an e-fax number. If you're listening live or even in the archive, if you know what e-fax is, don't Google it first. I'd like to know, like DM us or something. <laughs> but I had, and that was like back in the day, you have an e-fax number, you could fax to anywhere. So Today, as you know, hardly none of all that's gone. It's now all Dropbox, right? Or some other drive. So those are some of the big things I think is the speed of communication. Microsoft Access. I remember installing it CD drive and all that. Today, sheets.google.com or sheets.zoho.com or what have you. So. so I feel like you're a gifted speaker. You've been the MC for Taxi Talk before. And obviously you have your own Smart Hustle Growth Conference and other events. Mm -hmm. And so you're you're very good on stage. Is that Thank something you. you've always felt comfortable with? I think so, Liz. People ask me that quite a bit. And again, I have a lot of problems. And people told me to stop saying that too. Ramon, stop deflecting so fast. Well, <laughs> over, the, over the time as we're together, Liz, you can help me be a better person in that with my own head. But see how I did that, though? I said, yeah. I I can't say I'm better at that than you yeah, are. So. But uh, but yeah, I think it's been that. Even as a kid, I can remember I was the you know the one who wanted to speak. I, I ran for uh, some silly little uh, I shouldn't say that NYT, but my alma mater, it's student government. I, I, Liz, I just wanted to do it because I wanted to debate the guy. It was like him, and there was an empty podium. I'm like, heck, somebody has to, in a good way, destroy him verbally. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's one thing. I think God's blessed me with is just communication. I haven't had formal training. I'm a member of the National Speakers Association, but that's about it. And those who want to get better speakers, I think really my tip to them, Liz, is just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and do take a bit of training. I've learned things, especially the stage positioning. 
and you know how to make it smooth. So that is a bit of an art and science. But then those who are not well-spoken, maybe you stutter over your words or you get nervous, that you can get help from. Hour or a few hours with somebody, they can really coach you how to be a better speaker. But yeah, for me, it's been, thank God, it's I think it's been talent. Yeah. Now, in addition to doing public speaking, though, do you feel like that helps you in terms of representing your business and being kind of the face of Smart Hustle and Ramon Ray? Yeah. Is it easier then for you to go into a big company and kind of sell the things that you're doing and make those connections? Or is that kind of a separate skill set, you think? Mm. Great question. I think I took a, a behind me is the uh, the book Strengths Finders, which 80% of your tribe will know. And I, I, one of the things I first I thought was bad, Liz, when I took the book and they were like, all these people had all these cool stuff. And I, I felt, I felt I wasn't, but I was like in the corner when I used to work at Infusionsoft. And they're like, Ramon, you have woo. And I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but it only two of us out of a room of 50 people had it. The point being is that, so I think, yes, Liz. I, and I wonder, it's a good question. I wonder, is it the woo? which enables me to connect to people and sell pretty well over the years. That's, you know, just me selling big sponsorship deals to big companies. Is that enabled me to be a better speaker? Or I wonder is, is being able to communicate and speak as I've learned, you know, over the years, I've get better and better. Yeah. Has that enabled me to be a good person at selling and working with people? So I wonder, but I do think it's a combination because I think that those who have woo and connect with people well, you have empathy and concern for your audience. And I think the reverse, if you're a good speaker and you communicate well, you probably do well one-on-one -on -one selling too, because it's really about listening and empathy and care about the other person. So I think so. And then you add to that what you were talking about a few minutes ago, the customer service aspect, the fact that you will deliver and if at any cost, if you can't deliver, they get anything back, you know, that is definitely attractive. But how do you make these relationships with these big companies in the first place, whether it's someone who bought one of your other companies a sponsor at a big company? How, how are you getting these big relationships? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs who are, they have great ideas, they're doing really good work, but they're kind of working in a bubble and the media doesn't notice them, the big companies don't connect with them. Is that more of an outgoing thing or have you found through like the celebrity CEO model that a lot of that is incoming? Sure, sure, I think it's a great question. I think it's a few things if it helps. I think one is being able to see around corners and I don't, and you can help me as we're having this discussion, you can help me translate what these things mean <laughs> if it doesn't make sense. But seeing around corners, I think I can remember Hillary Clinton. She was, let's pretend, here. And there was like 8 billion people over here when she was a senator at the time. Everybody was, was going at her now. I, I've always kind of loved the aspect of media interviews. So I saw what I call the girl in the corner. And this girl had, she was wearing all black and the kind of not too high, not too low heels and two purses and three blackberries and a clipboard as it were. Just look like the girl. I'm like, you know what? I bet she's with Hillary. <laughs> you know, she, she's not the event staff. So the point is that's how I got my first interview with Hillary. So point being is connecting with these vendors. I think, yes, I think it's about a not seeming so desperate Two, not trying to sell them for being willing to walk away, as we've heard that I think VCs and others kind of say this in high stakes games, are you willing to walk away? And I think five really uh, savor the relationship. And I think that's something I do quite well. Um, I think if I may, Liz, I think of our relationship. I mean, yeah. uh, we didn't really, so I'll, I'm gonna give you like the secrets to how Liz and I got to know each other better. Listen carefully. <laughs> so, no, but really, so Liz was doing her events, uh, you know, big, big events, all these great things. And I was doing my things. We really didn't know each other, but I must say, Liz, I wanted to get to know you and work with you. I liked what you were doing. 
And so it wasn't really strategic, but I think you'll, you may notice over time or you may say, I don't remember that, you know, showing up. Um, I think maybe once or twice, even buying a ticket could have asked you for one, all these things, but, you know, investing in you and being there and helping and showing up, people then begin to trust you and you get to know each other. So that same principle, you know, it, it's not going to happen overnight, but over three years, you going to the Dell event, reviewing yeah. the Dell computer, you know, doing whatever with them, they're going to get to know you. And that same relationship works with anything. So I would tell people that some of the points I said, but I think also one thing I'll add, Liz, is that to know your differentiation I'm a very small business. I am not WCBS Radio. I am not Inc. I'm not Forbes. You know, none of those big companies. But I can figure out what's the special sauce I have that this big billion-dollar company wants, and how can I craft that as we're doing? How can I craft that and bring them something that that's attractive to them? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of I think the bigger piece of it. We're all very small businesses, but we can find that gem that big companies will want to work with us. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And when you're, you're, you seem to be the kind of person who will um, talk to anybody. You and I had a meeting at Starbucks and you were like talking to the person sitting next to us and the people selling something outside. <laughs> and I think that's great because you learn yeah. something from everyone. You're not, I've seen so many people who are like, I, I have to, let's say, get in touch with Hillary Clinton and it's just blinders. They don't even see anybody else in the room, let alone be willing to interact with anyone else. Yes. And they're missing a lot of opportunities. When it comes to these relationships though, are you like manually tracking them? I know CRM is a question yeah. that comes up all the time and a lot of people either have a solution they love or they can't find. I'm one of those people, I can't find anything that I like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably thinking this. <laughs> yeah, so here's, here's my playbook to that good question. I'll get a little techie, yes? Maybe a little yeah. So I think one, and I posted this on LinkedIn, you should see that 45 second video, uh, my LinkedIn profile after this discussion. Um, but really, I, one thing, I, in fact, I just said it last night was, everybody talks about CRM and contacts and et cetera, but none of them do any good unless you have some process to, to use it well. And that's one fault as it were I have. John Jantz talks about that of duct tape marketing, Mike McCallowitz, I think clockwork, these other guys and gals who do these systematized things. So I wanna say that first because it, no matter what tool you have, if you don't have the process somehow written down, it doesn't matter. So for me, um, yes, I use a CRM tool. I happen to have Zoho CRM, Salesforce is great, Infusionsoft is great, and many of these other tools. But the point is, so I have these tools and Liz, like you, I'm going through a change of how I do it. But the bottom line is in my tracking tool, that's where I can uh, reach out to people. Then I can use a filter in my CRM tool and say, who haven't I reached out to in 60 days or 90 days? So that's one way to know who hasn't been tickled or touched. Mm -hmm. Another thing I can do as I'm emailing people and sometimes in, in blast, who has opened the email that I sent, for example, two weeks ago. Now out of 400 people, the 50 people that opened it, those I can one by one by one. Hi, Liz. Good seeing you yesterday. Would you like to chat about how we can do some work together? Hey, Bob, how are you? I noticed on Twitter you had a new baby. Great. You know, so if that kind of makes sense in my process, it's not as systematized or automated as I want. But yes, I use a contact management CRM for my for my money, for my uh, client base. And yeah. then I have Infusionsoft. And other, there's other great programs like this, what I call for my fan building. And as you know, Liz, you can trigger it. If they do this, then that, segment them better, things like that. So I hope that made a little sense. Yeah, and I think it's important to have that mix of things where it's like part automated and part the personal touch. I mean, 
to your point, you can't automate everything, but even if you could, it's not a good idea. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and I never want to automate, you know, let's say Liz, Liz has invested $75,000 in me, whatever the number is though, over the years, let's say she's done that. Um, then I want to make sure though, that I'm not sending a, a, um, a, uh, automated email. Dear Liz, how are you? She just wired me that month, 25 K. Yeah. I have my email list, but Liz is not going to get, you know, so for us small businesses, Segment your list. I used to say segregate your list until people were like, Ramon, segregate and segment are two different things. <laughs> so, so segment your list, really. And you could still send an email blast. But those, you know, your 10, let's say, we are 12. You know, most of us don't have hundreds of clients. Your 10, 12, 15 clients, those you better know. And, and on a regular basis, they should know that you thought of them personally. Yeah. Now, is this something, I don't want to spend too much time on systems, but is this something that you started from the beginning or is this something, did you reach a point where you're like, okay, now my audience is getting big. I need to take this very seriously. And you had to go back and kind of start segmenting and recategorizing and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Great question. So I've always had using Infusionsoft, I've always had for my fan base, thousands and thousands of people. And that's an email newsletter, MailChimp mm -hmm. contact. And on the next show, we can get geeked out between well, I won't say any brands right now, but we can get geeked out on email marketing. But the point is, is that so Infusionsoft has been my community builder, fan building for the masses. But of late, I'm really learning, Liz, that I have to be a better salesperson and not to come across that way. But if I'm going to have predictable revenue streams and mm -hmm. see what's coming, I have to get ahead of the curve. And that I haven't done well. So hats off to my friend, Sean. Hats off to uh, uh, other people who have been in my life, who I've talked to coaches who said, Ramon, to do this. Once a week, because it's as you know, this is easy for me to pick up a phone and do selfies and, and do hey, three things to know. But to sit down, dear PayPal, how are you, Jenny at PayPal? How are you? What are you doing in six months or a year? Are you going to be at South by Southwest, by the way? Did you want me to host that event? Just following up. Oh, Ramon, we're not planning for it yet, but you know, get back to me in four months. Click four months. You know, this is right. the motion for the CRM. So if that kind of makes sense. So I've always done it. But I'm trying to be more disciplined, Liz, because I want more profits, as all your listeners do. Yeah. So it sounds like reliable revenue is one of the things that you're hoping to focus on for the future. Yes. How are you doing that as you look at your business model and or what are other things that you're hoping to achieve in the next one to three years for your business? What are those new things you're focusing on? Absolutely. Two things. I think one is, is uh, being much more purposeful to follow up. Clayton Mask of, of the company's now named Keep. He says that, and you know this, Liz, but oftentimes it's very small businesses. We don't have time. We don't do it. So I think follow up, follow up. Because in my world, at least of the big brands who I work with, <clears throat> they all know Ramon. And not, this is not a climb anything. It's just I've been doing it so long. Yeah. Cisco, Dell, AT&T, any brand who's selling to small businesses knows Ramon. That's a fact. It's my job to make sure I'm important to them. It's not their job. It's not Brandine's job at Samsung to, huh, we're going to Florida. We should have Ramon MC. That's my problem to be in her face in a good way. So that's one half. Second thing I'm doing, Liz, and let me know if you want me to talk a little more detail about this, but I'm having partnerships with others <laughs> to extend what I'm doing. And that is part of the plan because I can only do so much, one, and I only have the capacity to do it well, if that makes sense. We all have a lot of talents, but some people do it better than others. So I'm I'm partnering uh, to extend the Smart Hustle brand and do more than I could do on my own. And if you wish, I can go beyond, but I'll stop there if you like. Me too. Yeah, I feel like you teased it and I'm totally fine with it. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, so nutshell is, and some of you may have seen some of the things on Facebook, I'm working with Liz and uh, we're partnering together in a variety of events that you're going to see out. Smart Hustle Pitch, a pitch uh, event to where you can pitch journalists, a smart women, smart hustle to educate women entrepreneurs, a smart hustle, smart hustle growth conference, my big conference, bringing between 200 and 300, give or take people together. So in that case, honored to partner with Liz and say, Liz, listen, can you help me? You know, events, you know, building communities, these things that she's strong at. Can you can we work together and not where you're because it's different, not that you're working for me in that degree, not that I'm working for you, but we have some common interest. And then Liz has her whole full suite of things that she's doing that are important to her. So what can we do together? So I'm excited about that, uh, Liz. And if it helps other people, because I think hiring someone you can do, but you still have to give them direction and think um, partnership. If it works well, if you're lockstep, it just it works. I don't know how else to explain it. Like two guys who own a pizza shop. You're not hiring somebody to come in and clean tables. It's your partner. So they can take a whole half of your energy and grow it with you, if that makes sense. So, you know, I'm very excited about our partnership and partnerships, I think, are a really smart way to build your business. As you said, you find someone who has similar goals, different skill set. You help each other. You work together. It's a beautiful thing. And I know we've talked about this, but I think we should talk about it on air. Sure. I... um it's so important though that the partnership is right. And ours is something that I'm very excited about. And and I've learned a lot because I've actually been in the position where I've had bad partnerships and it just does not go well. And, and I never have, by the way, never. And you never have. That's and most people have, have had at least one or two experiences. My first partner, Marion Banker, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Elizabeth, but she was saying for my, I had a partner doing my small business summit, as I think you know of years ago. She was like, Ramon, nothing personal. But she'd been burned. She's like, yeah. I finally said, uh, Marion, and God bless her. Marion, if you're listening, kisses to you. Uh, she's in the South. Uh, but I said, I'm putting my credit card down for this hotel. I'm, gonna, I'm doing it. So if, whether you're on board or not. And, and when she put her card down, that was 50-50. So yeah. 14 or 12 years we were doing it at the time. And so, but go ahead. What were you saying about I mean, part of it might be luck, but I have a feeling you have a really good radar for understanding who would be a good partner. Um, I've had bad experiences where it seemed like it made a lot of sense. But one of the biggest issues I have had is control. You know, I think as an entrepreneur, you run your business, you're like used to just running with any idea you have and making it happen. Right. And then when you have someone who is not completely on board with the vision, things start to slow down. It feels like you're not, you're not achieving, you know, and then I'm a control freak. So I found a few things that work for me. And I know what I'm looking for in a partner now. <laughs> that would allow me to have enough control, but not, you know, not overpower the whole scenario. Um, but are there any things you're looking for in a, in a partner that you feel like if, as long as they have these three or five or 10 things, we're going to be okay. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that one thing just about what we're doing as well, Liz, and it doesn't mean that I don't care, but I am, I don't think I'm too much of a control pre control freak, you know, as you kind of have seen the typos or, and not, not, so I don't mean in a negative way, but I think it's a good blend because if both of us were love, it has to be fuchsia and it has to be all caps. That's a problem. Yeah. You know, what's important to me and my goals, one, they align with you. That's one. But what's important to me is like, you know, I don't know the flow or just it's different. I can't even tell you what's important to me, but it's just different. Other things, Liz is like, Ramon, here's 47 suggestions for you. I'm like, you know what? 46 are great. Just the one, eh, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. if you like it, go for it. So I think it's important to me is just, and it's maybe similar to Shark Tank. One, do I like the person? 
This is important. And, and we can all go up and down, but there's people who maybe I don't like, but they're a perfect fit. <laughs> do, do I cringe when I get an email? Do I want to, do I want to visit them or whatever? I think that's one thing. Do I like them? I think two, just, I think time, Liz, I think really, it, again, partnerships at some level, you know, you just do them transactionally, right. but I think it's core to my business, my life. Then I think our DNA, not DNA may not come out right, but our business DNA, you know, is it, is it, are we gelling? So I think that's point two is important. Um, and I think really, is there, is there mutual common interest? If I'm working with someone I don't know how to describe it, but I'm working with someone and, and they want to do something different or, or I can't add value to them as well. That's another thing. That's not a partnership. It's like kind of the guy who's with, you know, I don't know, the, the guy who's not taking drugs somewhere and they're wondering who's the cop. I don't know if that makes sense. I came out wrong, but like <laughs> you can help me translate this better list. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I think <laughs> okay, good. No, we don't have that much time left, but I do want to make sure you have some time to talk about celebrity CEO. Um, this is a new book that you've written. And I think I want you to talk about it, not just because it's a new book and people should buy it and it's interesting, but more from your thought process on why this, first of all, I guess it would be great for you to share what the book is about for those who don't know it, but why this topic in 2019? What are you talking? Why is this so important? Yeah, absolutely. So I think really the thing is that I think celebrity CEO and one thing that that's my strength and I do very well, I think, is the aspect of personal branding. And personal branding means a lot of different things, a lot of different people. But the bottom line is building a fan base, building a community first before sales. Once you build the fan base, once you build the community, and they trust you, then you can sell them something because they want it. That's the essence of my new book called Celebrity CEO. And you can look it on Amazon or other places. It's really how entrepreneurs, our small business owners, all of you, me and Liz, we're small businesses. But how can we be rock stars, celebrities in our niches? Once you do that, Game over. Liz has done this with the various projects and companies she's done over the months and years. I'm doing that. And so that's the name of the game. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So in terms of building your audience, free content is one of the ways that you've done that. We talked a little bit about the systems you're using to send them blasts and emails and keep them in the loop. Is there anything else that you've done that you feel has really worked in terms of getting an audience who actually cares about what you have to say so that you have something you can sell to other people? Yeah. I think from what I've seen for myself, and everybody does it differently, I think is, is personality. Yeah. And, and don't really be fake. I think um, you have to be who you are. It's Every time I get to this point, I feel like tearing up. I'm not going to cry right now, but the tears like right yeah. here, Liz. I have problems like with spelling and typos. It frustrates me, Liz. Every time I send an email, my sister, who's a missionary in another country, Ramon, did you know how to spell water? I'm like, yeah, Clayland. I know how to spell water. I just <laughs> – so, but my, but my point is I, I'm just owning it. Not that I don't care. But I know I'll speak fast, but I do try to slow down. But those who like that and get me, we can be cool. If you don't, you need to go to, you know, I don't know, whoever the other guy who's perfect. So that's really what I think it's about, being yourself and, and being able to be comfortable with that. Yeah, people have to like you for who you are. And it is so much about personality and transparency and relationships. So that's huge. Absolutely. Um, are there any pieces of advice that you have for entrepreneurs who might be listening today and they're they're not sure what, what they're really doing? I think there's a lot of people in business who are, I've been doing this for many years. Mm. I like what I do. I even enjoy some of my clients, but it's not giving me the lifestyle that I want. It's not, there's a lot of pieces that it, that basically take your business from you working for your business and your business working for you. <laughs> Do you have any tips for people who 
are really trying to make that transition and make sure that their business is providing the life they want and not just another salary. Yeah, no, great question. I think one, C-Score. Score is a free government consulting service, especially for those of you really starting out and just want someone to talk to, a trusted source who's kind of a stranger, C-Score, score.org. Point two in that realm, get a coach. Whether you're talking to Liz or whoever else you want to talk to, get someone to help you. I really, I, I found it important, especially when you're just stuck, you're frustrated, you're like, ah, so get a coach. That's, that's point two. I think three, make sure you have the mindset to be an entrepreneur. Or small business owner. Let's not entrepreneur building million dollar companies, but to be an to be a small business owner because it takes some fortitude, it takes some strength, it takes the ability to risk and lose money, not have it. So have a backup plan, have a spouse, whatever it is. So I think those are some things I'd say, Liz, because if you have that, the rest you can read in a book. But if it's a mindset issue, get help. That's my first advice: a coach or score or somehow. And then two, think. You know, is running a business for me? Am I comfortable with risk? Am I comfortable with uncertainty? Am I comfortable with in invoicing clients? Or as my wife will say, she makes wreaths, ronswreaths.com. Um, make sure that you that you that you don't mind paper and invoicing and, and deadlines and serving clients. If that's like, ah, probably running a business, not for you. Yeah, especially if you're just pulling a salary from it. Yeah. If it's just sixty or seventy thousand yeah. dollars a year and that's it. That's is right. it worth all that other hassle? Correct. You might as well get a job. Sit and put your iPods on and listen to a podcast and sit in the seven yeah. train or, whatever, or drive on whatever parkway you're at in the world and enjoy life. Yeah, exactly. Is your business today doing for you what you want it to do? It is, Liz. I think the biggest struggle I have is, this, as we talked earlier, the scalability. Not too big, but I want to scale it a bit, uh, make some more profit and, and more consistent revenue. That's really what Ramon's working on. My, my To be open, vulnerable, whatever. More consistent revenue, not just... Hey, Ramon, can you speak? As I've been living for over 20 years. Sure. But it is, Liz. When I think about going to a job and LinkedIn knows exactly the jobs they want. Etsy, Senior Director of Community Management. Oh, perfect for me. And I'm like, <laughs> I know I can't wash my card at 11, can't have a date with my wife at three. Yeah. And go to Dominican Republic for two weeks. So it's the freedom, Liz, the money, secondary. Sure. Money can go and come, but it's the freedom, as I know you know, that I can do what I want when I want to a degree. That's what I love most. Yeah. I, I think that's freedom is the reason most entrepreneurs run a business, but sadly it's it's the least thing they get <laughs> if they're not running it strategically. Yeah. That's true. You have to be to a certain level. You're right. You have to be able to know income's coming in to be able to go to Dominican. And I'm not trying to be some Grant Cardone, Gary Vee. Those guys are nice, but meaning some, I, oh, look, I'm in Dominican for a month and I'm not doing anything. My team is, I'm not fronting you. That's yeah. not me. But I do have a level of freedom. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, do you have any last words of advice or, and, and definitely I want to have you share how people can get in touch with you if they want to talk to you more. Yeah. I would just say, listen, keep at it, keep at it, especially if you know you're on, on the right path, especially if you have consultants and friends and family and others you're talking to that are, you know, being some uh, bumpers for you, keep at it, keep learning, evolve. And those of you who are frustrated today, going through a difficult time, Ideally, it will get better because you're going to mature, you're going to learn. So keep at it. Um, celebrate your wins. And if I can be a help to you, you can check me out at smarthustle.com or ramonray.com or just go to see Liz. Same thing. I'll send you all the resources. Definitely, if you are watching this, I highly recommend you check out the Smart Hustle Growth Conference, which is smarthustleconference.com, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll be sure to put that in the blog post where we share this video, as well as in the thread. 
really good conference for those of you who are looking to scale up, uh, marketing tips, all kinds of really good stuff. And I'm not just saying that because I helped produce it. It is an amazing conference. And this is how many years now? Uh, 14 or 15 or 16. I think it's uh, 15 maybe. <laughs> yeah. So any event producer can appreciate how challenging it is to make an event successful for that long and keep innovating and making it yeah. fun and exciting for people to come to. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ramon. It's always fun to talk to you and learn lots from you. And I'm very excited about the partnerships that we have coming up and some of the new things. So if you are following me on social, please make sure you follow Ramon as well, because we have lots of exciting things that we're working on that we can't wait to share with you. And um, I think it's going to be good. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Liz. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. We will see you next Tuesday at 1030 Eastern for another interview. And in the meantime, you can catch everything else that's happening on LizKingEvents.com and Facebook.com slash Event Hustlers. Thank you so much for all of your time and we will see you next week.